0: It is a privilege to be back with you this morning. I'm so thankful to be with you again and thankful to be partnered with Spring Cypress. It's good to have been here enough times recently to come in and be greeted by people that I know, and uh, that is really a blessing when you're able to visit churches, to, to have friends there to, to welcome you and to see again. So we're, I'm very glad to be here this morning. If you'd open with me in your Bibles this morning to Psalm chapter 90, Psalm 90. We're going to be reading this uh, psalm, probably the oldest psalm in the Bible. It's written by Moses. Uh, many of you might uh, be familiar with that, that hymn we sometimes sing, Our God, Our Help in Ages Past, based on this psalm. And uh, we often, I know a lot of churches will sing that at uh, at New Year's in the States. That's when we sing it, or in the UK, rather, in the United Kingdom. That's when we sing it at Remembrance Day, which is... Uh, uh, we call Veterans Day, but, but it's based on this psalm. We're going to read together Psalm 90. Before we do, let's ask God to help us as we read his word. Heavenly Father, we're thankful that you speak to us in your word. Uh, we're thankful for your word, which is truth, which is uh, absolutely reliable, even more reliable than our own hearts, Lord. And so we come this morning and we pray that as we read your word together, Uh, that you would be at work within us by your spirit, uh, that you would uh, teach us uh, from your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Psalm 90, a prayer of Moses, the man of God. Lord, you have been our dwelling place in all generations. Before the mountains were brought forth, or ever you had formed the earth, Who considers the power of your anger and your wrath according to the fear of you? So teach us to number our days that we may get a heart of wisdom. Return, O Lord, how long? Have pity on your servants. Satisfy us in the morning with your steadfast love that we may rejoice and be glad all our days. Make us glad for as many days as you have afflicted us and for as many years as we have seen evil. Let your work be shown to your servants and your glorious power to their children. Let the favor of the Lord our God be upon us and establish the work of our hands upon us. Yes, establish the work of our hands. The grass withers and the flower fades, but the word of our God endures forever. As, as many, maybe most of you know, our family was reminded last year uh, a little bit of the uncertainty of, of life. Uh, we were uh, living and working in Northern England, planting a church, and uh, then last year all of a sudden we were back here in the States for several months because my wife was undergoing cancer treatments. And uh, it was really a shock when we got that diagnosis. Gina was, was only 39 when we got that diagnosis. It's not what you expect at that point in your life. Uh, the way that our lives so often are, we expect them to go one way, and then things change, and all of a sudden things are going in a different direction than we thought they were going to go. Uh, that doesn't just happen in life. Uh, it happens in our society and, and in culture and in the world as well, doesn't it? We've uh, lived in the UK only only eight years now. That's, sometimes it seems like a long time. Sometimes that seems like uh, a short time. And yet in, in eight years, we've managed to to live through a vote for Scottish independence. Now, thankfully, they didn't vote to leave. I I live in England, so I can say, thankfully, some Scots would say they wish that they had voted to leave, but there was a vote for Scottish independence after 300 years of United Kingdom. Uh, There was a Brexit vote that broke up a treaty uh, nearly half a century old, and just like the rest of the world, we've experienced two years of pandemic with lockdowns and restrictions and everything else. And the longer you live, the more you realize just how uncertain the world is. Uh, and that's one of the foundational themes of this psalm. We, we read this psalm and it begins with this, this picture of God as solid and as steady. And, and we're going to see that. But then there's a significant section in the middle that talks about how uncertain and unsteady uh, our lives are. And and as we read this, I think it's particularly helpful as we study this to remember the the context. This is a prayer of Moses. Uh, We don't know when in his life he wrote this, but there's a a good bet that maybe it was toward the end as Israel was getting ready to go into the promised land. Because there's a lot of overlap here in Psalm 90 uh, with Deuteronomy 33 right at the very end before Israel's preparing to go into the Promised Land, so there's a. It would be a good guess there. So here's a man who's lived longer than most people around him, 120 years, uh, and uh, who's witnessed an incredible amount of turmoil and change over the course of his lifetime. And he's writing this. He's writing about the certainty of God and about the brevity and the uncertainty of life. And and so we look at this this morning and uh, consider uh, what our hope is in times of change or times of uncertainty. And the first thing, as I've said, that uh, Moses begins with is the sure foundation that is the Lord, the permanence of the God of creation, Uh, the, the fact that he can't be shaken, that he doesn't change, that he's absolutely... Uh, unchanging just the language that he uses here Moses does in opening this psalm uh, he's a dwelling place in all generations before the mountains were brought forth or or ever he had formed or or birthed the earth and the world from everlasting to everlasting he is he is God we just about a month ago spent time thinking about the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ, his birth. We're reminded every December of, of the birth of Christ and, and that he came, and there was a day in which he was born, and yet the day in which he was born was the very day that he created. And the second person of the Trinity, God, who is from everlasting, uh, he, he was born of the Father without any beginning, and and we celebrate the the one day when he came and the 30 years that he lived, and we remember these things, but this is the God who is unchanging who is steadfast he doesn't alter Uh, it's amazing here even in this psalm written well over a thousand years almost two thousand years before christ came moses is asking god when are you going to return when are you he's asking about jesus return even before uh, so much has happened that we know of in the scriptures before the mountains were brought forth or or gave birth to the earth and the world god was then he is now and he is forever he's 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 the shelter the dwelling place in in every generation and there's there's several psalms or other passages that have these themes but uh, one passage that maybe uh, drives home some of these themes more than almost anything else is isaiah 40 uh, isaiah 40 uh, which is Uh, very similar so i just after reading the scripture earlier said the grass withers the flower fades but the word of our god will endure forever from isaiah 40 verse 8. our lives change the grass grows up and goes down Uh, it uh, comes up and then dies and yet even the word of god is a foundation that is so immovable that it's unchanging not just god himself but even his, his word. Uh, chapter 40 of Isaiah says, he has measured the waters in the hollow of his hand. He's marked off the heavens with a span, enclosed the dust of the earth in a measure and weighted the mountains in scales and the hills in a balance. It's it's a picture of the the vastness of God in comparison with everything else. His, his majesty in comparison with all of his creation, a span from your elbow to the end of your foot, your finger, and, and God with a span measures off the heavens. In the hollow of his hands, he cups all of the waters that he has created. But then in the very next verse, after talking about how God just measures all of these things as if they're nothing, it says, But who has measured the Spirit of the Lord? There's no one who can. There's a there's a permanence there. Psalm 90 says, one of these verses in this psalm that we read that's so familiar to us that a thousand years in his sight is but yesterday when it is past, uh, It's like the watch in the night. I can tell you from years in the Navy having stood a lot of watches, sometimes they pass quickly, sometimes they don't pass so quickly, but uh, they're never like a thousand years. But that's what this is to the Lord. Isaiah will tell us Similarly, in chapter 40, that that the nations are just like a drop in the bucket. They're mere dust on the scales. They're meaningless. All the empires and nations of man that we stand in awe of as we read history. Verse 17 will tell us that they're all accounted as less than nothing and emptiness to the Lord. We look at. You know, Chinese dynasties that last for hundreds and hundreds of years, maybe millennia, and we think that's remarkable, and God says it's nothing. It's accounted meaningless to him. Rome that lasted for nearly a thousand years, and, and yet it's, it's considered nothing. He sits above the earth, the scriptures say, and all the inhabitants of the earth were like grasshoppers. He, he thinks of us like, he doesn't think of us like we think of grasshoppers, but we are to him, like uh, grasshoppers are to us except even smaller look at verses 4 and 5 in the psalm here for a thousand years in your sight or but as yesterday when it is past or a watch in the night you sweep them away as with a flood they are like a dream like grass that is renewed in the morning, our lives, he's saying, as as permanent as they seem to us, and they do seem very substantial to us, uh, in comparison to his uh, substantial strength and everlasting nature. Our lives are, are like a dream. They're like something that just uh, comes and goes and, and pass. But God is substantial. and And as he's doing this, what we see as we look at these verses is, is that God is permanent, but he's, he's already, Moses is beginning to compare God's permanence to our impermanence. And, and that's the next thing he deals with. If, if you know this psalm, if you've sung hymns based on it, uh, you know that this psalm is something that talks about permanence, and yet there's a significant section in the middle that talks about the brevity of man. Uh, this is something we've been very well aware of in Hexam. In our church over the last three and a half or four weeks, we've had two members who've lost their parents and another who lost their best friend just in a span of about three and a half weeks. And it's, it's been difficult. And uh, the brevity of life is something that we have been uh, focused on a little bit. And that's actually an important context for us as we read this passage, because that is what Moses is talking about. We need to feel the weight of the fact that our lives are short, that they're here and then they're gone, that we don't know when they will flee. We rejoice in the birth of a child, but then we see uh, that our lives are gone. And, and, And Moses, who is watched as a generation of Israelites have died in the wilderness, is telling us, don't miss how brief and sometimes insubstantial our lives are. Very few other passages can press this home in the the way that Psalm 90 does. It's it's almost like in a single psalm, uh, in fact, in just a few verses in a psalm, uh, Moses begins to sum up almost all of Ecclesiastes. Uh, We we know that verse in Ecclesiastes 1 where Solomon says, I've seen everything that is done under the sun, and behold, it's all vanity and a striving after the wind. And, And that's what Moses is saying here. Our lives, they're they're vanity. They're striving after the wind. They're they're insubstantial. In verse 12, Moses is going to pray to uh, to God that he would teach us to number our days to get a heart of wisdom. That's gonna be his response to this brevity. But who, who can comprehend the greatness and majesty of God next to the brevity and transience of our lives like Moses can? And yet this is his prayer, that he would understand this more. I mean, it was Moses who hid in the cleft of a rock and, and only kind of saw the back of God's glory as he went by. And, and, and even that was so much that people couldn't look on him when he came down the mountain. People couldn't look on Moses because his, his face was shining so brightly. He, he un- understood the, the majesty and the, uh, the, the eternity of God in a way that no one else could. And he'd also watched as life after life had had gone away. and he wants us to truly grasp this. In fact he, he quotes uh, or comes very nearly near to quoting uh, Genesis 3:19, uh, "For you are dust, and to dust you will return." Uh, he quotes a section of this here. he says, you... You return man to dust and say, return, O children of man. And, and he uses this same verse from Genesis 3.19 twice in this. And, and he says, God, you, you, you're the one who, who tells us just to return. You brought us forth from the dust and you tell us to return. And our lives, it's dust, isn't it? It's, it's just a wind. It, it comes and it goes. He says in the second section of that, turn back. Return. O oh, children of man, in the ESV, literally, it, it, it says in the Hebrew, turn back, sons of Adam. Turn back, sons of Adam. Moses, who's written what we have in the scriptures of Adam and of his life that was intended to be in unity with God in, in the garden and, and because of sin was cut short and death was brought into the world. God's greatness in verses one and two immediately lead into the brevity of man's life, uh, that which seems to have vivacity, the the grass that comes up in the morning. I I went to university in Arizona, and uh, there's this rainy season. Arizona doesn't have much green. Uh, There's this rainy season in August, and you'll see uh, grass kind of spring up, and it's there for a week or two, and then it's gone. And then it's back to brown the way it is the rest of the time. And, and what seems to have real life and vivacity, the grass comes up, it's, it's green, but by evening it withers and fades. It reminds us maybe of Jonah uh, in chapter four when he's sitting outside Nineveh and the, the plant comes up to give him shade, but then, then it's gone. This, this isn't just a message to the old. It's a message... To the young, we sometimes say uh, that the young don't uh, have an awareness of their own mortality, don't we? I I remember very vividly in February 2001, uh, my ship was in the North Sea, and we were doing some exercises with uh, European navies, and we were doing a small boat transfer with a German uh, ship that was sending some sailors over to our ship. And, and if you know anything about the North Sea and the North Atlantic in the winter, it's very heavy seas. It's always uh, really heavy. And, and we had this small boat. We were watching as it was bringing some sailors over to our ship, and uh, a wave hit it, and the ship uh, turned over. The ocean was only about 34 degrees, and we did a perfect man overboard. Uh, exercise, and got the last of the 20 sailors that had been knocked into the ocean back in our ship within 15 minutes, and half of them didn't live because it, it was just that. There was a wave that knocked them over, and they froze to death, and life was done. And And I remember as a young man uh, remembering and, and coming all of a sudden into contact with the fact that even as a young man, your life is there, and then it's gone. It's something that is brief. It's something that we can't have much confidence in. And Moses doesn't want us to have confidence in our lives. Moses is is giving us hope, but it's not a hope that is in ourselves. He he goes even lower before he goes higher. Why is it that our lives are brief? Why is it that there is this uncertainty? It's because of sin. It's because uh, we live before the wrath of God, not because God is this angry and wrathful God, but because we're sinners, because we've rebelled against him. Verse 9 tells us that we live under God's wrath. One commentator points out that, that there's this, uh, this picture of two very insubstantial things. He talks about the day that has passed its, its zenith, the, the day that has begun to go down. All, all our days pass away under your wrath in, in Jeremiah 6. Uh, he'll say, woe to us for the day declines. What's well, the same, same Hebrew verb here as the, the days pass away. It's like the sun that comes up and goes down. Our, our days decline. And then he says, all our years come to an end and it's like a sigh or a murmur. And that, that's what it is. All the things that we, we wanna make a difference. We wanna leave our mark. But when the end of our lives come, it's, it's like a sigh. It's like a murmur. And, and so we ought not to place our hope in who we are and in the strength of, of our lives. He says, all your years come to an end. Our years are 70 or, or even 80 by reason of strength. One, one commentator interestingly compares this verse with verse 4. Uh, remember the, the books that Moses wrote at the, at the beginning of Genesis. Man is living a thousand years, uh, isn't he? And a thousand years in God's sight, it's like a, a watch that has passed. Uh, and it's it's like yesterday, but now we get to this point where Moses is preparing to enter the promised land, and life isn 't a thousand years anymore is it it's it's seventy years or even eighty if we 're strong, but even these short lives he says aren 't anything but but toil and trouble, and as he said, this is because of our sins. so what does Moses respond then in this in this way there's this God who is very substantial uh, but we're faced with his wrath because of our sin and our lives are brief and they're insubstantial. So what does Moses pray? How does he respond? He says, teach us to number our days that we may get a heart of wisdom. He, he prays that God would give us an eternal perspective, a, a sense of who we are in comparison with God. I, I remember when I was in, in junior high, there was a friend of mine in youth group who had a a t-shirt, and it said, there's two things I know on the front. And you look at the back and it said, there is a God and I'm not him. And that's kind of what Moses wants us to know here. There is a God and you are not God. There is something that is eternal, that is substantial, that can be trusted in, and it's not your life. There, There is something that can be a hope, but it's not you. Your life is brief and fleeting under the wrath of God. So what is your hope? Well, Lamentation says, it's that his mercies are new every morning. It's it's the very substance of who God is that is our hope. There is something to be hoped in. There there is a foundation that isn't moving. There is something that isn't brief, that isn't uh, just here one moment and then gone the next, and it's who God is. As I said at the beginning, the Uh, The psalm here is very strongly related in some ways to Deuteronomy 33. And in in Deuteronomy 33, Moses is giving a blessing on the children of Israel as they prepare to go into the promised land. Uh, And and, and as he's giving them this this Deuteronomic blessing, he says, the eternal God is your dwelling place, and underneath uh, his everlasting arms you will be held. He thrusts out the enemy before you. And then he comes here and he says, Lord, you have been our dwelling place in every generation. Forty years, a generation has passed and they've all died and now their children are going into Israel, but they're not allowed to go into the promised land and a generation has passed. But Lord, in every generation, you're our dwelling place. You you are the hope we have. You're you're a, a permanence at home. In other sense, a, a, a dwelling place, a, a place that is a home. What what is more, uh, what's more safe than home? You know, when you want to go somewhere that you feel when you're when you're threatened, when you feel afraid, when you want to go somewhere that you know that you feel a safe. A safe it, it's it's uh, well, unless you're listening to the theme song of Cheers, then it's home. Uh, you know, it's it's where we go. It's where we feel safe. Our family's around us. We know people. We feel like we can face whatever comes when we're at home. It's why when there's a home invasion, it's always such a a real uh, problem because it it shakes us right where we are. It's the place that is is home. And and Moses is saying that that God is our home. He's the safe place that we have. And and that's what's amazing. He his hope here is is not that God is a dwelling place or the dwelling place in all generations. It's that God is our dwelling place in every generation. He's he's writing this, and and the hope is not that he is God. It's that he's our God. The the confidence we have in the face of the brevity of life, the the way that we're able to number our days, that we may get a heart of wisdom, is when we realize that, God isn't just out there as somebody who's scary because of his wrath, as somebody who is eternal when we're not. He's our God. He's the one who knows us. He's the one who cares for us. And so throughout this psalm, Moses is going to use the personal name of God, Yahweh, again and again. He's he's going to refer to God, not in the third person, but in the second person, you. And and he's going to call him our and 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 our God, and our dwelling place, and our hope. It's, It's a prayer, as you notice in the title, it's a prayer of Moses, but this isn't a prayer for salvation. Moses isn't saying, God, we're in real trouble, and we need salvation. Will you come and be our refuge or our strength? This is a prayer for those who are already saved, and who are sheltered, for the people that God has I mean, think about what Moses has seen in his lifetime. God has brought them out of, out of Egypt, 400 years of slavery. He's brought them through 40 years in the wilderness. God is the one who has saved them. He's been their refuge. He's been their strength. And Moses says, God, you've been, we pray, you've been our dwelling place. You, you are our strength. So our lives are brief and we've watched our parents die. And we've watched uh, the those who we've gone up against in, in, as we're coming into the this new land, and they've been insubstantial as you have stood against them. You're a God who is substantial, and, and your God, uh, you, God, are our substance. We have substance because we're in you. You're the one that we find hope in. The New Testament actually tells us, I, I love this verse in this psalm, verse 15. What a great thing to pray. God, make us glad for as many days As you have afflicted us, and for as many years as we have seen evil, when I read that, I've always wondered: Is Moses talking about the 400 years in slavery, or is he talking about the 40 years in the wilderness, or is he talking about all of it? Uh, what, What is he talking about when he says that? God, will you? It's great to see these prayers, especially when you're going through really difficult things in Scripture. To pray, Lord, I pray that you would that you'd show us your blessing for as much time as we've dealt with hardship. And and that can be a real encouragement to pray. Uh, But you know what? The New Testament tells us that in Christ, what we get to pray for is even better than this. Because Moses is just praying that for the number of years that we've seen trial, that we'd see that many years of of, of, of blessing. But what does Paul say? He says, we don't lose heart. Though our outer self is wasting away, our inner self is being renewed day by day for this light momentary affliction is preparing us for an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. Not just days of blessing for all the days of hardship we've had. But this is this actually this hardship. It's just light and it's passing. It is fleeting. But God's substance as we trust in Christ is the substance that we have. And so we, we look at this psalm and we see a hope and we ought to pray with Moses. Teach us to number our days. Give us this eternal perspective. Help us to, to recognize not in a fearful way that our lives are fleeting and that there's something that is going to pass. That's not something that ought to scare us if, if the Lord is our dwelling place because we have uh, this permanence that he gives us. He, he makes meaningful the life that is but a breath that has no meaning, the the answer to all of Solomon's questions in Ecclesiastes is found right here in this psalm, the the things that are vanity, that are just passing. God gives substance and strength, and so as his people, this is a prayer that we're given uh, to pray as as we face trial, as we face hardship, as we're reminded of brevity and insubstantiality. We're, We're pointed to God who is our confidence. Let's close and pray.